Hello and welcome to Tokyo Daily on this 1st of August, but more importantly, it is day nine of the Olympic Games in Tokyo today, a huge day of action coming up. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I'm super glad to have you here, wherever you're tuning, whatever platform. What I'm going to do today, I'm going to give you guys a little preview of what is to come, let you in on a bit of expert analysis from our football correspondent, because there has been some huge news in the football for Australia and the overall tournaments alike, but all that, not before wrapping up another big, big day of action yesterday, and that's what I'll kick us off with, I reckon. Like I said, huge day of action. Australia currently sitting at fifth in the medal tally. We've been hovering around that position basically the whole time through these games, and China, Japan, the US top three. It's been like that basically through all nine days as well. The ROC is just one gold ahead of us, so if we see a good day in terms of gold medals, Who knows? We could jump into fourth position, but the first little headline that I'm going to talk about, not a little headline, a huge headline that I'm going to talk about, doesn't actually involve medals, at least not for now, because there's a 100-meter sprinter from Sydney uh, called Rowan Browning. I'm sure you would have heard about him on the news last night. If you haven't, I will tell you all about him. He has done mullet donners across the country, across the globe even, proud. This guy, Rowan Browning, he was in the 100-meter sprint, drew lane one, which is notoriously tricky, up against the two-time Jamaican gold medalist, Johan Blake, two Olympic gold medals, which is obviously pretty, uh, yeah, not a bad runner, old Johan Blake, and it was just a tough draw overall for a heat for Rowan Browning. You know what he did? He basically led from the start, and he won that bloody heat in the 100-meter sprint, an Aussie man an Aussie person winning a 100-meter sprint in the Olympics with a PB of 10.01 seconds, close to getting that sub-10 seconds as well, which would have just been even more phenomenal. would have been the icing on top of the cherry on top of the cake, really. And if he gets through the semi-final later on today, he will be the first Aussie since Heck Hogan in Melbourne 1956, first Aussie man. Uh, to make the men's 100-meter final, Heck Hogan won bronze. And if Rowan can come anywhere close to that, if he makes the final, Australia will just be absolutely going off the nut, I reckon. That, oh, <laughs> it's gonna 25 million people are going to be tuning into that final if Rowan Browning makes it. And uh, doing my bit of research, I found out a little fun fact. His agent, James Murch, or James Merck, yeah, he's actually Kathy Freeman's husband. So who knows? Maybe old Brownie Boy was always destined to be a bloody good sprinter uh, as soon as he got that agent. And he had a little interview after the race with Channel 7's Jason Richardson. He said it was real fighting talk. He said he's not just here to make the final and got me excited. My heart's beating just talking about it, to be honest. But I told you, there were medals yesterday. I'll start to talk about them. I won't talk about the gold one to begin with. I'll talk about one of my favorite events of the entire games so far, the mixed 4x100-meter medley in the pool. The Aussies won bronze, Kaylin McEwen, Zach Stubblety-Cook, Maddie Temple, and Emma McKeon. Some cracking swimmers in there, obviously. Two females, two males. First time this event has happened at an Olympic Games. Winning bronze behind Team GB, who won the whole thing, and China, uh, who got silver. M. McCann, with a pretty awesome uh, final leg in the freestyle. Uh, she her, her leg was about four seconds slower than Caleb Dressel's. 
people thought Caleb Dressel was going to storm home uh, against those seven women in the last leg, um, but he didn't. US came fifth, and he, he might be a bit disappointed with that, but the Aussies are going to be absolutely stoked. I'm absolutely stoked about that myself. It was an awesome race to watch. Great fun. Really, obviously, completely different style of race to what we've seen before, and it was very, very entertaining to watch. But I did tell you there were some big golden results for the Aussies yesterday. Kaylin McEwen in the 200-meter backstroke, she won gold. Emily Sebon won bronze in that one in her fourth Olympics, probably her final Olympics, which was awesome to see. But Kayla McEwen, 100-meter and 200-meter gold double, she's done it. Only the seventh person in Olympic history to do that. Awesome result for her. And uh, she invited Emily Sebon up onto the gold medal part of the podium to sing the national anthem with her and present uh, Kayla herself with her medal, which was yeah, lovely to see. Very sweet thing. Uh, very wholesome, if I do so. If I do say so myself. And some more medal action. Ariane Titmus, Kate. Ariane Titmus versus Kate Ledecky. Three point yesterday in the eight hundred meter freestyle. Kate Ledecky's specialty, really. Ariane Titmus. It was. She's always said it was just a bit of a bonus if she won that. She got silver. One point two six seconds behind old Ledecky. Uh, uh, Kim Alverton, a fellow Aussie, came sixth and Ariane's done for the Olympics and she should be super proud of her achievements. If you're listening, uh, Ariane, I'd be very, very surprised if you are <laughs> honoured, if you are. But what what a games for you. Uh, you you're never going to have to buy yourself another beer, another anything, really. Everything's on the massive fans of you who are the 25 million Australians in this country. And one last Bit of interesting medal news. Ash Barty and John Piers, they were due to play a bronze medal match against the Serbs uh, in the mixed doubles, Novak Djokovic and Nina Stojanovic, which would have been oh, an excellent, enthralling match to watch Djokovic against Barty. Um, but Djokovic, just before, he had another bronze medal match in the men's singles against Pablo Carreño Busta, the Spaniard in number six seed, I think. That went to three sets. Djokovic lost. He didn't really look injured or anything during the game, not visibly, not clearly at least, but minutes after, Djokovic let the organisers know, let whoever know that he was going to forfeit because he had a bit of an injured injured shoulder. But that was just... And when Ash Barty and John Pierce found out, that, that they thought they were joking. They, they were just in absolute disbelief, they said. So because of that forfeit, uh, controversial... Um, move by Djokovic to forfeit that Nina Stoyanovic, people are saying she might not be too happy with him. But because of that, because of that walkover, they call it, Ash Barty and John Pierce have taken home a bronze medal from the Olympics. The second medalists, uh, second and third medalists, whatever you want to say, for Australia in the tennis in the Olympics, which is oh, very, very good to see, if not in a very strange fashion, to earn a medal. One last thing. Uh, I know heaps happened yesterday, but one more thing I'm going to talk about just quickly. Hockey Roos, they have gone 5-0 in the group stage, and they're into a quarterfinal on Monday. They beat Argentina 2-0. They really ground out that result. It was Argentina, no easy beats. They had to really, really work hard for that one. But they got up 2-0 thanks to a pretty gritty performance. 
And like I said, unbeaten, heading into a quarterfinal on Monday. Very, very excited to see friend of the show as well, Rachel Lynch, the keeper in that one. That will be very, very uh, exciting to watch. But I promised you we'd uh, get a football correspondent, a bit of an expert on the show. We've had him on before as our football correspondent, Daniel Garb from ABC Sport. Some amazing action in the in terms of the Matildas and the Oli Roos, of course, uh, they've been knocked out since we last spoke. So I'll hand it over to Garby and I to talk a bit of football. Now, there have been some amazing results coming out of the football in the past few days, and I'm joined by our expert correspondent to talk all about them. Hopefully, the tech gods don't snatch this interview away from us like they did yesterday. But anyway, uh, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, Garby, how are you? Yeah, going well, Harper. How are you? Going quite well. How are you feeling about that amazing result for the Matildas last night? What a game that was. A uh, remarkable game of football. Just incredible the way in which the Matildas were able to equalise late and then win it in extra time. It had absolutely everything. And the Matildas underdogs were able to triumph in a game that they'll treasure forever. And we're through to the semi-finals for the very first time. So an amazing moment for the team. And, and hopefully that momentum can carry them through to at least a medal now and hopefully a gold medal game. Mm, yeah, and it was pretty... 2-1 down in the 89th minute, uh, not looking very good. But do you reckon the performance deserved to go through to the semifinals? Or it was pretty gritty, but do you reckon Australia had the better of the game? Yeah, well, we had the, the killer edge when it mattered. I mean, Sam Kerr's strike was unbelievable, and that's what the best players in the world do. Great Britain have some of the best as well, but our players stood up like she has done so many times before in extra time with that con- composure, which is before extra time with that composure to just wait a moment before shooting and setting herself, which you know there aren't many players in the world who would have the ability to do that. And, and the way in which she finished was, was superb. And then, you know, we took our chances in extra time, a little bit fortunate through Mary Fowler, the first goal, but uh, Sammy Kerr's header superb for uh, our fourth and our second in extra time. And, and Tegan Micah in goal was unbelievable. I mean, I think she was the difference in the end. She pulled off some stunning saves and that's been a bold call by Tony Gustafson to leave Lydia Williams, a long-term Matilda's number one, on the bench and go with Tegan Micah. It's a move that's paid off. So, yeah, I think we just had a bit of extra quality in attack and uh, were able to ride our luck a bit more in defence and, and got the win. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, Tegan Micah's penalty save was just astonishing. But oh, I don't reckon it was a penalty at all, do you? No, that was a joke. I'm aware that decision came from. I don't know how VAR didn't overrule it. Thankfully, it didn't matter in the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, very, very lucky that, well, not lucky, great great save and awesome to see us go down the other end and score through that Mary, Flower, Mary Fowler deflected goal. But moving on to the semi-final for the Matildas, Sweden, 9pm on Monday, massive game, one of the biggest games in Matildas history, if not the biggest. What do you reckon is going to happen in that? Look, I think the Matildas have got a decent chance now. I mean, we lost 4-2 to Sweden in the group stages, but you know, we had chances to win that game or certainly get a result in that game. I mean, Sam Kerr puts her penalty away and it's a different scoreline. Sam Kerr is rightly awarded a penalty in the first half and it's a different scoreline. So things went against us in that match. Look, we've still got some issues at the back. That, that can't be clouded 
over. There is some defensive frailty there. I'm not sure they're so much systemic at the moment as they have been in the past. I think it's now become individual errors which are hurting the team, which is a shame. But I think they can eradicate those. I think we're getting better and better each game in terms of our defensive system and understanding it. I think Tony Gustafsson's remodeled things in a shrewd way. And going forward, we've shown that we can beat any team. I mean, that's been the hallmark of the side for a while now. They've just got to tidy things up at the back. If they do, they've got the capabilities in attack to beat Sweden. Hayley Razo is playing superbly down the right. We know what Sam Kerr can do. She's getting support from Caitlin Ford. And Mary Fowler's coming off the bench and giving something too. So without a doubt, we can trouble them in attack. It's just whether we can hold out defensively and they've got the capabilities too, but Sweden will go in favourites and and they deserve that tag. Yeah, yeah. A huge, huge game and the winner of that is going to face off against the winner of the US versus Canada in the final. The loser plays the loser of that in the bronze medal match. But moving on to the men's side of things, Oli Roos knocked out in the group stage. Some people might find that a bit surprising considering that shock result in the first game. What did you make of them? Look, I think overall it's been a promising campaign. I mean, I think people were quick to condemn the team because they had qualification in their own hands going into that game against Egypt and the performance was underwhelming in that match. But if you look at the Olympics campaign on the whole, we weren't expected to be in the group stages until the end of 90 minutes of our third game. You know, Argentina and Spain we thought would be gone already. So to be in that position was already... A surpass of expectations and we hadn't qualified for the Olympics in 12 years we missed the last two games so just to be there was already a big moment and we saw some young players come through who really impressed Tommy Deng and Harry Suter at the back have been fantastic Nathaniel Atkinson at right back Marco Tilio, Riley McGree Daniel Azani again showed that he's got the magic you know I think we've got the makings of an improved Socceroos team for the last the next 10 years off the back of these Olympics. So, look, the the Egypt game was poor. The Spain game, we just couldn't get the ball. I don't think you can blame them for that. Um, The tactics against Egypt are open to criticism, the long throws and bringing centre-backs on to play at centre-forward for the last 20 minutes. Graham Arnold's got to wear all of that. But I think overall it's been an encouraging campaign and uh, I think there's more credit in the bank than uh, than negatives. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon Graham Arnold... It's probably considering the Egypt result, especially some people have been putting a bit of pressure on him job wise. Do you reckon he should just be taking the Socceroos job uh, and not both the Socceroos and the Oliroos? No, well, he got us to the Olympics. I don't see. I don't see why people would say that. He he managed to end a drought that was a painful one for Australian football. So he's had an impact on improving the next generation already. Um, everything at the Olympics is a bonus, really. He got us there and he, he was able to expose young players to, to top-level football and competition. So, no, that's worked out well already, the fact that he, he took the Oli Roos job. Now it's on World Cup qualification for Qatar. I mean, he's probably sitting even par, Graham Arnold, I reckon, over the last couple of years of his tenure. It's all about qualifying for Qatar. If we get to the next World Cup, well, he's done his job. He's got us to another one. If we miss out, which is certainly possible well, then you'd imagine he'd be removed from the post and ultimately you'd be deemed a failure. It's as simple as that. It's a black and white scenario. World Cup qualification is that important, but obviously we want to do it playing an exciting brand and and uh, an improving brand of football as well. Mm. And 
One more thing on the men's side of things. So obviously the Oliveries have been knocked out, but we've still got eight teams left in the quarterfinals. We've got Spain against the Ivory Coast, got Japan against New Zealand, Brazil, Egypt, South Korea, Mexico, all those results happening later today. So people are going to know the outcome. Uh, but how do you reckon that's shaping up in terms of the stronger teams and who, who do you reckon is going to go far? Yeah, Spain are working their way into the competition nicely as we thought they would do. Uh, They'll probably a bit scratchy early on because they'll come so many of their players but now so Japan are a very good team and at home as well they've always had good underage talent um, and you know in their own backyard they're going to be very difficult to deal with so Brazil and Spain are still the, the two best teams for me yep okay that's fair enough and just before I let you go Matt can I get a prediction for how far Matilda's are going to go and who's going to win the gold medal in the women's I'll say the Matildas will beat Sweden and will win a silver medal Ooh, okay, uh, losing to the US? I don't know who will play, um, but that would be a big achievement in itself. We've never won a medal before. We've never made the top three of a World Cup. So let's just hope we can get through that next game and uh, and that would be a, an amazing moment. Obviously, I'd back us to win gold, but uh, I'd say a silver medal to keep things as, uh, as even-keeled as possible. But uh, even if we lose the semi-final, let's hope we win the third, fourth playoff and we can break that medal drought. That'd be great for the girls as well to have some silverware to show for how brilliant they've been over the last few years. Yeah, that would be so, so exciting. So exciting to um, to see everything that's going to uh, unfold in terms of the women's side of things and the men's side of things without Australia, of course. But that's about it from me. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks very much again for coming on, Garby. No worries, Harper. All the best, mate. Good work. Keep going well. Daniel Garb, what a legend he is. Thanks very much, Garby, if you're listening, for coming on the show. Again, pleasure having you. Pleasure kind of picking your brain about all all things football in the Olympics. Now, for a bit of a preview of what's happening today, from where do we begin side of things, a couple friends of the show, a couple of former guests are in action for the first time today. We do have their goals for the games, little excerpts from their episodes. We've got them published. If you want to check them out, whatever platform you're on now, they'll be on that very same platform. So the first one of those two people, Brooke Stratton, the long jumper, Australian women's record holder, mind you, at that. So she's in her qualification stage from 10.50 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time as all these times and about to reel off will be as well. And, of course, we've got the great man, Sergei Evglevsky, in the 25-metre rapid-fire pistol shooting, stage one of that, from 9.30 a.m. keen to get up uh, for that one, that watch that from my couch. That will be great to see Sergey. Hopefully, he does well. Uh, silver in the Commonwealth Games just a few years ago. Who knows? He, um, I won't tell you what his goal is because you got to listen to the episode. But hopefully, he can outdo that and do us all proud. But he's doing us proud just being there. And one other friend of the show in action. Lena Mihailovic and the Aussie Stingers playing against South Africa at 8.50pm in their final group match. They've won two out of their three games so far. South Africa, they've lost all three. They've not only lost them, they've been absolutely trounced in all three. So how's this for a start? Three games, South Africa have scored six goals. How many do you reckon they've conceded? Give you three seconds to guess. Three, two, one. There's your guess. South Africa have conceded 83 goals in three games games in the water polo 
that, yeah, they're, they're not the strongest of opposition. So if the Aussies get past them, which fingers crossed they will, be a bit of a minor miracle if South Africa win that one. Uh, not putting, hopefully not putting the moz on that. But the Aussies are probably going to finish in second and play ROC or China in the quarterfinals and South Africa uh, due to be knocked out as the fifth place team in that group. But in terms of more broader interests for today's action, we've got the swimming. The last day of the swimming in the pool, we've got a bit of longer form swimming coming on uh, coming up later on. But in the pool, we've won 18 medals already, and we've got three more chances to add to that today. Three finals Aussies are competing in today. The 50-metre freestyle, we've got Kate Campbell in that at 11.37am, but also Emma McKean in that. She's got a chance to make history. So Emma broke the Olympic record twice on her way to the final, uh, broke the record once and then broke her own record from just before, again, in the semi-final. Emma's already won two goals this game, five medals total. And if she medals in this 50-metre freestyle, which she is a big favourite to do, she'll become the Australian with the most ever Olympic medals with 10 because Ian Thorpe and Liesl Jones, the two commentators actually, they have nine at the moment. Emma's equal with them. If she medals, go up to 10, which will be an astonishing achievement. And uh, in terms of more final action for the Aussies, we've got the women's 4 by 100 metre medley. Uh, Emily Seabong, Chelsea Hodges, Brianna Throssell and Molly O'Callaghan at 12.15pm. Hopefully they can do well in that one as well. And, of course, the same event for the men, the 4x100-meter medley. Mitch Larkin, Zach Stubblety-Cook, David Morgan, and Kyle Chalmers. Jeez, that's a good team. 12.36 p.m. That one is on at. And that's about it for the swimming. But, of course, the athletics started a couple of days ago, and they're continuing all the way through to the end of the games. And today, uh, 100 meters. Uh, so, of course, we've got Brooke Stratton, like I mentioned before, but the 100 metres, this is going to be piquing the interest of about 25 million people in this country of ours today, I reckon. Men's 100 metre semi-final from 8.15pm, Rowan Browning, uh, his semi-final is at 8.23pm. If he gets through that semi-final, if he gets through that semi-final, don't want to jinx it, the final is at 10.50pm. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Oh, I'm so nervous just thinking about that. Imagine an Australian being in the final of the 100-metre sprint. <laughs> Give me, gives me the shivers. Give me goosebumps. It hasn't even happened yet. Uh, and also in terms of athletics, we've got Brandon Stark uh, on at 8.10 p.m. Uh, in the high jump in the high jump final, of course, he has done well to get there and hopefully he can uh, do as well as he can and do us all proud here in Australia. We've got Alex Beck uh, as well in the 400-metre running heat at 11.45 a.m. Hockey, uh, the women have completed their group stage, but the Kookaburras, they have also completed their group stage. Their quarterfinals today against the Netherlands at 1 p.m. The Aussies are unbeaten so far. Dutch, they went two wins from five, so... Aussies' favourites coming into it. They are on uh, coming off the back of very good group stage form. Hopefully they can continue that and win that one. That's at 1pm, as I said, in the golf. Haven't mentioned the golf too much in the last few days, but Cameron Smith, uh, Mark Leishman's in it as well, but Cameron Smith, he's teeing off at 8.30am 
in the final round of the men's individual stroke play. So Smith is equal 11th at the moment. You might not think that that's, he's in medal contention, but he's just five strokes under the leader, Xander uh, Sheffaly. And hopefully, maybe, it would be, it's probably unlikely, but he is within reach of a medal position if he can uh, have a great performance later today. In the sailing, uh, Matt Wern, he's basically almost got the gold. He's got one hand on the gold medal, half his neck is <laughs> has a gold medal on it. Uh, that's he, He's got a laser race at the medal race at 3.33 p.m. All he needs to do, I believe, is finish that race and he's got that gold medal in the individual laser um, event of the sailing. Uh, so that's hopefully, <laughs> as long as he finishes, adding another gold medal to tally. In the diving, Esther Chin, uh, the Aussie is in the women's three-meter springboard final at 4 p.m. I love a bit of diving. It's very, it's very graceful, isn't it? it? Sounds obvious, but it's just the way they little kind of plop into the pool. It's very nice. Something that I would definitely not be good at, and I something else that I definitely would not be good at is the BMX. <laughs> the Aussies. Uh, there's an Aussie in the women's final at 11:10 a.m. and another one in the men's final at 12:20 p.m. and from a bit of late night viewing, uh, there's a round of 16 game in the beach volleyball. China coming up against our Aussie women um, at 10 p.m. tonight. So, uh, beach volleyball is very entertaining sport. Men or women, uh, it's action packed. It just looks like a lot of fun to play, a lot of fun to watch. Very frenetic, fast paced sport. Keep your eyes out for that one at 10 p.m. the beach volleyball. But that's about it for me this morning thanks very much for tuning in guys make sure you do what you can to support the show whether it's subscribing following listening to more shows um liking recommending us to your mates and the big one a review on itunes if you think we're absolutely terrible give us one star hopefully we're not give us some feedback if we are let us know what we can improve and we'll gladly do it we love a bit of feedback five stars would be great if we deserve it which I'm, I'm not, it's up to you to judge that really. But anyway, uh, that's me for today. My name's Harper. You've been listening to Tokyo Daily on day nine of the games. I'll see you all tomorrow. Lockie's on tomorrow actually, but I got an interview uh, that you'll see me in. So tune in tomorrow for another episode of Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin? Thanks guys.